0: Hello and welcome to Everyday Bravery and Leadership with Louise Brown. This is a podcast that celebrates the powerful acts of bravery that are sometimes hard to spot on the surface. Because when we lead from a more human perspective, we grow. And so do the people and businesses we lead. I'm your host, executive coach and strategist Louise Brown. And in every episode, I'll be talking to an inspiring leader in a growing business with a story to tell and exploring how they've experienced challenges and overcome them. Today, I'm talking to Lord Karen Villamoria, the understated, renowned, and highly respected founder of the infamous Cobra beer brand, president of the Confederation of Business and Industry, and Lord of Chelsea, to name just a few of his current roles. But just like any human leader, Lord Karen's journey has not always been as smooth as the beer he created. From launch in 1989, Cobra quickly became a household name, with double-digit growth throughout the 1990s and early 2000s. But fast forward two decades, and the picture was less rosy. Prioritisation of sales over bottom-line growth had led to losses that totaled £13.6 million, with £26 million of debt on the balance sheet. Behind the scenes, Lord Caron was dealing with challenges he never thought he would encounter. With immense pressure from all sides as a leader and a human, he was challenged like never before, and striving to find a way to save the brand and product he had created even if it meant stretching to something as counterintuitive as handing over some of the reins. On 29th May 2009, the company went into administration, owing an estimated £75 to suppliers. On the same day, the business was rescued through the formation of the Cobra Beer Partnership Limited, a joint venture between Molson Coors and Karen Billamoria. By stepping into a new context as minority shareholder, Lord Karen embraced a change to his role and the balance of power in order to save his business and protect his people. I'm delighted to have him with me today to share his personal journey and the human ups and downs that existed behind the headlines. So welcome, Karen to Everyday Bravery and Leadership. Thank you very much. It's great to be here. So we're in Millbank today. You're sitting in Parliament at 11 o'clock. So perhaps we could talk a little bit about what led up to the JV with Cobra and, and what was going on in the background just before this came into place. Can you share a bit about that?
1: Yes, I came up with the idea for Cobra Beer when I was a student and studying law. And I decided, having qualified as a chartered accountant with a law degree as well, not to be an accountant or a lawyer, but to start my own business. And my big idea was Cobra Beer. And when I started Cobra from scratch with my business partner, we had no money. We built it literally from nothing, just the two of us. And he left after the first six years, and then I carried on myself, built a team. And the objective always was to build a big brand. Uh, It was a mission to brew the finest ever Indian beer and make it a global beer brand. And so building the volume was key. And uh, right the way through, we had a very rapid growth, 40% compound for the first 18 years.
0: Wow, so impressive, yeah.
1: And what that meant was we sacrificed the bottom line for growth. So quite often making losses and sometimes very small losses, but making losses to grow the brand and build the value and create that critical mass. Mm. And it worked very well until the financial crisis in 2008, 2009, when our value was building all the time. We would had investors who were investing us. We paid back some of the investors. We had raised various forms of finance and different forms of debt and trade finance, including um, invoice discounting. And so I've been through that journey of raising money, growing a brand, and suddenly you get the financial crisis. And all that value of growth, uh, overnight, it was cash became not just king, but emperor. Mm. And we were forced to sell our company at the worst possible time. Mm. And it was a nightmare. And we... We went through the sale process, we had fantastic advisors, Rothschilds were advising us, top firms of accountants, top lawyers, but at that time the whole world was on its knees and um, we just found it very difficult to find a buyer. And this process went on and we were told just keep growing the company, you've got to keep growing. It was a growth story. And of course we were making big losses by then. And I made many mistakes. So one mistake was taking on too much debt The other mistake was hiring the wrong management team and leadership, and that is something we would go into in a lot of detail, but I was let down very badly, and there was unethical behavior that I found out about later on, which is absolutely shocking. But the good luck was that the most ideal buyer for us was Molson Coors, and eventually, They wanted a meeting with us and they said, we really want to to work with you, but we don't want to buy you. We want a joint venture, because we believe the way this will work is if you as the entrepreneur, the chairman, the founder, continue as the chairman with us. If your team comes along and joins us and integrates with us, and we respect your brand a great deal, and we think you have a strong and resilient brand that has huge potential for growth. And on that basis, we started the joint venture. It was under very trying circumstances. During that process, uh, I nearly lost the business because we had huge amounts of debt and creditors. We had to restructure the business, and I came very, very close to losing the whole lot. And in the end, we managed to go through this painful restructuring process, and we formed the joint venture, the Cobra Beer Partnership Limited, with Molson Coors only 50.1%. And I had and still have 49.9%. What I did was at that stage, I could have wiped out my creditors, I could have wiped out my shareholders, and wiped out my employees because of the restructuring process. It was the only option open to us. And I decided right then and there with Molson Coors, I would only do this if my employees are looked after. So a huge chunk of the purchase price of their half of the company was to make sure that money went to my employees although my only obligation was statutory redundancy everyone got their full pay their full notice and if they were staying on with a joint venture as good terms as they had with cobra before so that was my top priority that my employees were looked after with my shareholders i've taken my shareholders with me and within my 49.9 percent my minority shareholders i've allocated shares to them although i didn't didn't have to give them anything and my employee share options they have also got shares as well. And some of them are no longer in the business. Uh, some I may never meet again in my life, but they still got their share options. So that was very important for me. And also, I wanted to over the course of the joint venture to settle my creditors, which is what I've been doing for 12 years. And uh, that has been going extremely well. And so that's the story. And it's really about however badly you may be in a position, you've got to try and always do the right thing. And it's, I believe the best way and the only way. And I'm very proud of the way we have now over the past 12 years, not only preserved the brand, not only lots of my team are still with me, my shareholders are with me um, and I'm doing my best to look after everyone.
0: You had extreme circumstances on both sides. What did it feel like at the point when you realized this was the situation?
1: It's a, it's a very, very tough situation, and um, I've always said that in fact it was one of my um, early, early meetings with. We found an entrepreneur in Leeds who had happened to be from Hyderabad, the city I'm from, and happened to have gone to the same boarding school that I went to in Uti, uh, an international British boarding school, and we went to meet him for some advice with my business partner Arjun in the early days, and I remember he very clearly. He had nearly lost everything as a member of Lloyd. And he said that one word that describes entrepreneurs is guts. They have the guts to do it in the first place. Many people have business ideas. How many of them actually give up the job they're doing or the opportunity they have to take that risk and start a business? And continually, I kept kept reminding myself, just keep playing with a straight bat. Mm. And when everyone else run is losing their cool and behaving badly, I remember my father, my father was a very senior general in the Indian Army. He was commander-in-chief of the Central Army with 350,000 troops under his command. I learned a lot from my father. My father had been to war, seen horrific and experienced horrific things. And he always said, you know, in a time of crisis, you've got to try and stay cool, calm and collected. It's very difficult to do. I did my best. And in the end, that integrity um, came through and that's what Wilson Coe's respected as well. Mm. They, they trusted us. Mm. And, and when they could have walked away at one stage, uh, when it was all falling apart, one of our creditors put in a statutory demand to wind up the wind up the business just as we were finalising this restructuring. And uh, they could have walked away and they didn't.
0: What resources do you draw on to keep that straight back, Objective in mind and to remain cool, calm, and collected. Do you have any practices that you use?
1: The most important aspect is you can't do it on your own, and it's very, very important uh, that you have people around you who you can trust and are there going to support you. So, in my case, my wife. Uh, you know, she met me one year after I started Cobra so she's seen this journey right the way through all the ups and downs the challenges and she stood by my side and I always say without her support I wouldn't be here talking to you so that's first and foremost Mm. then loyal team members so I have people uh, like Samson Sahel, my sales director who joined me in fact just just before we got engaged my wife and I so he's been by my side for 28 years. And without somebody like that, who's so loyal, who will never let you down, who will always be there by your side, and uh, gives you an enormous amount of strength. And so that combination of family and team member support is hugely important. It is about dealing with with events, as Harold Macmillan, the famous Prime Minister, said events, dear boy events make all the plans, but events take place. It's how you deal with them. And to me, the three key aspects are, one is a strong brand, and the Cobra brand has been extraordinarily resilient. And I knew, I knew even in those growth days that we we always respected our price. We were always a premium product at a premium price. We always made good deliberately, we made good gross margins so we could invest in the brand, invest in growth. But also it meant that at some stage that brand would always be capable of making good profits as well. And so when you have a brand that's built on strong foundation and an excellent product, I mean a product that is genuinely different and better, a product that is now 128 gold medals since we first entered 20 years ago. So a strong brand, a loyal team and family support, and the third thing is integrity. And, the, and, and integrity is a word that is so... I mean, when I give lectures, I ask people to define integrity and they'll say being honest, doing the right thing. They're all, the best definition I've ever heard of integrity is the former Archbishop of Canterbury, who's now one of my colleagues on the crossbench, is Lord Williams, Rowan Williams. He came to speak at the uh, Zoroastrian Centre. And I come from one of the smallest communities in the world, the Zoroastrian Parsis. There so are literally 100,000 of us in the whole world. And in India, we emigrated to India um, after the 7th century, so we've been in India for a thousand years, and there are less than 60,000 of us in India, and yet in a country of 1.4 billion people, everyone knows who a Parsi is, because we've built a very good name for ourselves, we've done very well in every field, whether it's business, the armed forces, politics, lawyers, accountants, we've done incredibly well to this day. And a lot of it, people say, is, is because of um, the way we operate. Parsis always put back into the community. And Mahatma Gandhi said about the Parsi's, in numbers beneath contempt, in contribution beyond compare. And we've always put back into the community. And that sense of doing the right thing, of good thoughts, good words, good deeds, that's part of our, our, our religion, uh, I think comes through in the way that we've been brought up. And when I welcomed Rowan Williams, when he was Archbishop of Canterbury, to the Zoroastrian Centre in Harrow as the patron of the community in the UK, I made the welcome speech and then he spoke and he said, Lord Billamore has used the word integrity twice in his speech. And he said, The, the Zoroastrian Parsis are renowned for their integrity. And he said, The word integrity comes from the Latin and Greek words integer, integrum, which mean wholeness. You cannot practice integrity if you're fragmented in front of the light. You can only practice integrity if you're whole and complete. And I always remember that. A lot of it is based on basic principles. I just had to write an article for a very famous publication about good manners in business. And when you talk about good manners in life, they matter. And good manners also relates to empathy. And one of my favorite, best professors who taught me at executive education, Harvard Business School, Professor Frances Fry, and she gave a lecture, virtual lecture during the pandemic on trust. And a huge amount is down to trust. And she described trust as a triangle. Uh, You can engender trust, you get trust from people, if you are one, authentic. Secondly, logic. Do you have the professional knowledge and capability to deliver what you say you're going to be doing? Mm. And the third is empathy. Are you did it for them, not just for yourself? So it's that triangle of trust uh, that is so important in every way that you operate, including in a joint venture.
0: Yeah, and with trust, I think, a pivotal piece that sits underneath that is, is vulnerability. And I wondered when you felt most vulnerable in the process.
2: Yes, and also you have to have mutual respect. So hopefully with a joint venture, you're both bringing additional competences and qualities to the table. So if you take my joint venture with Molson Coors, you've got a huge, big, multi-billion dollar, uh, one of the largest brewers in in the world with a much smaller entrepreneurial company coming together. And the two together should be more powerful than either of us doing it on our own. And so they bring a huge financial power, they bring manufacturing, distribution, lots of, lots of things to the table. Whereas my team and I bring the entrepreneurial spirit, uh, the creativity, the dynamism, the energy that comes with an entrepreneurial company and founder, mm-hmm. put the two together Makes it very very powerful. That's the other aspect of it. It is a, an ideal joint venture should be uh, one plus one is not two plus one plus one equals three.
0: I'd imagine this whole experience would have given you and a broader perspective, going back to breadth and thinking laterally. Did you find that you were operating differently, or
1: yeah? Well, I mean, and also you are you are physically and emotionally going through having nearly lost everything is difficult enough to deal with mm. and then having to go through this whole integration and working in a completely different way but constantly remembering that you survived i mean if it had gone the other way everything would have collapsed and i would have lost everything who knows what would have happened to the cobra Beer brand? it might might have just disappeared so you always got to remember the positive side of things and that, that you survived and now you've got an opportunity to, to really continue the journey but in a different way um, and try and make the most of a joint venture being good for the brand and good for the business going forward and looking at things positively.
0: One of the things I've noticed in my own experience and also with, with other leaders that I speak and work with is that they're often looked to to demonstrate that level of patience and acceptance when teams who are working into them don't necessarily have that at that point in time. So there's something around demonstrating and reassuring that things are okay.
1: You, 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 you have to keep looking at the, at the long term, what you're trying to achieve. And you say, okay, well, maybe we'll come back to that. We'll get, we'll get there in the end. So we haven't revived Cobra Bites yet, um, but we've got the, the IPA, for example. And it's a question of getting everyone to work with you. And also, you've got to remember, in a big organization like Molson Co's, there's always going to be people that you're dealing with are, are going to change. So every two or three years, people will either get promoted or they will leave the business or somebody new comes in. So you've also got to have that adaptability of being able to build relationships with new people in, on, in the JB
0: on a, on a constant basis. And that goes back, I think, doesn't it, to this piece around integrity and doing the right thing. What did you find the hardest on a personal level? So, not necessarily from a business point of view, but what did you personally find most difficult?
1: There was one individual in this 12 year period who ended up being somebody who, uh, you know, didn't didn't believe in in me and the brand and the JV and given a choice would have probably terminated it. and luckily the rest of the senior managers were completely against it and were believed in me believed in the JV believed in the brand and he left the business so it just shows if you're true to yourself to your brand to your team then when you come up Against somebody who isn't, you win the day because the majority of people will be on your side.
0: And I wondered how that situation affected you at the time because the human side of some of these things is often the most rewarding but also the most challenging bit of leading.
2: I remember being very surprised by it. And on the other hand, I remember having the faith in the joint venture that the overall business believed in me and in Cobra beer and in our business and saw that that behavior was not acceptable and uh, and that was very reassuring and it mm. goes back to what i was saying earlier is if you have that trust and you also have the mutual respect for each other it's very important to have the mutual respect of what each party is bringing to the table
0: and something i work on a lot with clients is moving to a a way of leading which is tapping more into a human perspective to drive growth because i think the two things very much come together so i was curious as to what your what does leading from a human perspective mean to you how would you interpret that
2: all businesses are about people and with cobre yes of course i want to produce the best possible product the finest in the world in my 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 ambition has always got to be one of the best beers in the world. But it, it, behind that whole manufacturing and excellent product is all about people. Every business is about people. Leadership is about, about leading people and leading people with, with empathy and always keeping in mind that basically my, yeah, my, my fathers are saying that there's no point having an efficient team. You've got to have a happy and efficient team. So it's always keeping in mind that the people that you're 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 leading, caring about them, genuinely caring about their well-being, about their their families, their families, their circumstances, and um, always putting your people first. So I think that's what sets apart good leaders is they put people first, then they're magnanimous, but also human. The human aspect is also people need to know where they stand with a the leader. They would much prefer to have. A leader who will say when something is right but also say when something is not right so people mm. know where they stand, mm. and, uh, and also there's that sense of fairness if uh, people want to be led by a leader they think is going to be fair and, uh, and that fairness means that if something is not right that leader will point it out and again it goes back to people knowing where they stand so then they trust you as a leader if people trust you as a leader then you, you know they will be willing to go the extra mile. But if they know that you will go the extra mile for them. Uh, so, yeah, and, and, then, and then again, the test of this is an adversity. So when I nearly, business, I nearly lost my business, three times, and the last time, my first priority was to make sure that my employees were looked Brilliant.
0: Well, thank you, Lorca. And thanks for sharing your personal experience going through the JV. It's been great to be with you today talking about it. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Everyday Bravery and Leadership. For more insights, stories, and inspiration on unlocking growth, visit louisebrowncoaching.com.